You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Ashley Gromble. Ashley is a lovely actress and blogger. I've gotten to know her over the years through mutual friends of ours. And almost a year and a half ago, when I first launched the podcast, Ashley happened to put out a side project of her own the very same week. She has an awesome baking and style blog called Domestic Biatch, which is really beautiful and sweet and reflects her great sense of humor. You can check it out at www.domesticbatch.com. We've been cheering each other on since we both started at the same time, and it made sense to finally do some sort of crossover episode post. If you go check out the blog today, you'll see uh, a post about an awesome berry baked good that she had me over to make, and I am so pleased to have her as my guest to talk about starting the blog, acting, and figuring out life as an artist. I hope you enjoy the 57th episode of The Compass. So how do you keep from going to the dark side as an artist? Oh my gosh, I'm thinking about this so much. And and what does the dark side look like for you most often? Dark side, I was I was thinking about this a lot yesterday, knowing that I was going to come here today, and I think I have two dark sides, <laughs> very different. And the one dark side is when I'm not working on anything, mm-hmm. and I feel really static, and I feel like I'm just someone who is bringing steaks to people in my life five times a week and I have nothing to look forward to because the it's a, it's a quick spiral into what am I doing what are my choices and like why am I not working on anything uh, and then my other dark side which I found this year um, <laughs> is the almost dark side which is you are so close to so many great things and yeah I'm like, I don't know, it's, it's, I feel like so snobby being like, I ain't great callbacks, but like, <laughs> it's the kind of thing I'm like, is it better to get callbacks and you're like, I need a relationship or is it better to just not have the opportunity at all? You know, like, right. is it so great to be like, I got so close and then you don't get it at all and know how close you were? Or is it like, you could have went out of life not having that? You know, like, and then you're right. like, okay, now I'm just, like, working towards the next audition or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, because you start, like, imagining what, what the experience is. would be oh, if you yeah. got it. That, because that's, like, such a different kind of dark side. I went yeah. to that place this year where I thought something was going to happen uh, that was going to, like, to a point where I was going to be able to quit the restaurant. I was right. going to be maybe on tour for, like, nine months. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get paid yeah, I'm like, save so much money. I'm gonna save money. I'm gonna get paid to act. I'm gonna have such a great time. And like, there's enough. Like, they take off for the holidays. Yeah. I'm gonna be able to do what I love to do, and I don't have to have a day job while I do it. And that's like such a dream come true. And then you start like spiraling into the life that that is of like, how great is that? And then when it doesn't come through, right? It is like the most epic of crashes. Um, and that's, it's hard to pull yourself out of that kind of dark side just because it's just like, well, if I can work that hard and have people respond that well, and then it still doesn't happen, what else can I do? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like I did everything right. 
bomb, you know, because I know when I, like, bomb an audition, and I know when I, like, they like me, I'm totally not going to get that, you know, but when you are going through the stages of things, that was, like, a dark side, I think, that I hadn't experienced before, where I thought I saw it in front of me, and then it didn't happen, and while I was trying to be like, no, I can't be humble, like, it's good, you know, <laughs> truly, it was like, I was so prepared for that. I felt so good in the room. It was so exciting. The callback was so fun. Everyone in the room had a great time. And then it was just like, what? It was so, clearly, it's always out of your control, but like, what else? What else could I have possibly done? Yeah. And it still didn't come to fruition, you know, so. And that's such a frustrating thing about this business is that that's, that's a thing. That's, that's, that's a very real That's thing. a reality that you have to deal with and it's out of your control. Yeah. I think, I mean, like most of us deal with all the time and the more I've talked to friends this year, especially towards the end of the year, because this year has been the worst, but like, <laughs> True. <laughs> for so many reasons, <laughs> um, but like, I, I realize that everyone goes through that stage and or deals with it all the time too. And it's just like, I don't know, you don't want to hang out with your friends all the time and be like, so I almost got this thing. <laughs> and then everyone gets sad. I'm like, hey, that's not how you want to start a conversation. Um, so but just when I do bring it up, it's clear that everyone is fighting the good fight too. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that you try to not go to those two? Oh my God. Or, or deal with them? Do you deal with them differently? I think Have I you do. figured like, out? I definitely think that the almost, the almost dark side for me is like when I need to, that's when I actually do need like a good cry and then like maybe move on. You know, that's like a more intense dark side that I've realized that I need to deal with. And then when I feel like I'm not working on it, something that dark side, I just like motivate myself. That's when I'm like, am I not, what am I not submitting to? What am I looking at? What, da, 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 da. And that's like when I start really looking at all the outlets I can have to audition or things I can work on or like go to my blog. Like that's what the blog mm -hmm. has become for me is like this, especially when I feel like I'm not creating something that has been such an amazing oasis yeah. <laughs> of creativity for me because otherwise that has made me feel like I'm working on something all the time and it's awesome like that has been a really good thing for me good yeah can we talk a little bit about what um what led you to start it yeah of course so yeah. I registered for all this crap for my wedding that my <laughs> husband was like he looked at it more than once. He would be like, you know, we're never going to get all that. And I was like, I know. And then I had my bridal shower and I did get all of it. <laughs> it's like, I have to figure out how to use this because I don't want it to just sit and gather dust in on our shelves. And so... With all the kitchen things? All the kitchen spoons, <laughs> gadgets. My mother-in-law got me this beautiful KitchenAid mixer. My mom got me like yes. all these baking dishes. It was like so wonderful. I, I had friends that got me like things. It was just really lovely and like... I, so I started kind of playing around and I kind of started baking a couple things and I would like bring them to friends and they were just like, this is really good. And I was like, oh, thanks. You know, that's, it's kind of, you fun. hadn't been a baker before that, like no. growing up and everything. No. Oh my gosh. No. I enjoyed cooking. Um, and like Phil and I enjoyed cooking, um, you know, and I've like enjoyed it in my life, even when I was like single and stuff like that. But I only got into it because of that. Because <laughs> that's like, awesome. Use all the things. And uh -huh. so. Then I had a couple friends be like, you should do a blog, like just kind of off the cuff, you know, clearly like I did, had no idea what goes into it and be like, you should have a blog, like if you had a baking blog, I would totally look at these recipes. And I was like, okay. Um, and I started to research it and I like kind of threw the idea by Phil and I was like, what if I did this? And he was like, okay, you should totally do this, but just so you know, the website WordPress is like more user friendly than it used to be, but it's not super easy. Like it's kind of crazy. Like he's like, it's not so much about like coding and stuff, but he goes, so then I, I started to research. I read, I still read so much about like blogging and how to set up your website and how to set up mm. a WordPress website and how to have a theme and how to have plugins and how to have things. WordPress like is like specifically for blogs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hosting site basically. Okay. So like you can buy your domain name off of like a couple of big, big like host sites like GoDaddy's one, mm -hmm. um, Bluehost. I think I used Hostgator. 
and then that's how you buy it and then you like input that into wordpress and then they have your site and so it's just like but then there's so many things of like plugins which are like apps basically hmm. so my plugin is like i have a thing that i downloaded that you that's on my blog where my recipes are in so that's how you can like print them it that's like a whole separate oh, thing that organizes them for you yeah or like trying to think of whatever like a plugin that does my google analytics of huh. like who sees my blog and where they're from and what country they're from and where they live and like how long they stay on my page um, oh that's cool it's really interesting of like i think it's called the bounce rate bounce, <laughs> crazy. um yeah so it's like things like that that i had to read i think i my blog like started to exist in mid-july but i didn't launch it or tell anyone about it until mid-august because i was trying to figure out how to do it correctly so yeah that was kind of like i was enjoying baking and baking was like a really nice thing that would kind of be therapeutic or yeah make me feel like i was creating something because summer is so lame for theater and it's like if you didn't book something in like february for the summer like you're not gonna do anything for the mm-hmm. summer unless you make your own work and um and so i was just like i want to make I want to do this. I want it to be my project. And I, and I did. And so then I started doing like one entry a week and I started reading how that's not enough. (laughs) So I started doing like two to three a week. And so it kind of varies between that depending on how busy I am, I guess. And how did you come up with the style idea to like combine? Mm, It's not just baking. She also does like outfits. Oh yeah. I did. So like I, I started doing that because a couple years ago, four years ago I was kind of a sloppy mess like I just didn't care about what I wore Mm -hmm. and I was just I lived with a really fun roommate who was a dancer and uh we went to SMU together but we didn't become close until we lived together because like I had a I needed a roommate and like someone through a mutual friend was like you should live uh with her blah 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 and I was like great and so then we met but she was this like beautiful cut statuesque chick and like she has like the abs will never have and she would wear like <laughs> dancers yeah dancers don't oh, God. <laughs> it hurts um but she would wear like oversized sweatshirts and like leggings and she looked smoking in it like yeah. you know she would she's a person who wore like no makeup and a beanie but she was like so stunning because she was like a dancer and I tried to do that too because I didn't know what my style was and I just looked like a slob. <laughs> I just looked like a mess. Like I had ripped t-shirts and I had like, I wore a lot of yoga pants. It, it just like looking back, you know, it just didn't look great. Yeah. And so I finally started like put it, put my life to, and I was like, I just need a wardrobe overhaul. And I started to slowly, I promised myself that I would buy things, even if it took a while, that I really loved that I would wear. I feel like I am at the beginning of that process. Where it's just like, I want to feel good. And if it's expensive, but I know I'll, I know it's a piece that'll last a mm-hmm. long time. It's worth it. Or yeah. if it's a classic piece, you know? Yeah. When you, and also when you realize that like, I, I don't enjoy wearing. Right. I like, I was like, like for my winter clothes, I realized that I was like, I don't enjoy wearing my winter clothes. They're, I all just, I have them cause they were cheap and they're warm. Right. And that's it. You gotta layer up. Yeah. Like that's, winter life but then but then you kind of walk around thinking about that you know and you like get ready in the morning and you're like you know yeah it doesn't make you feel good no and I feel like I wanted to even if my life wasn't to get together I wanted to together (laughs) that's that's good yeah and so I started to like slowly buy things that I really loved that I loved the way it looked or the or investing in pieces that I knew would last so that's kind of how I started style and then I was just like one of the things I read about like blogging is like, what's your niche? What's your, you know, what are you going to do to like make yourself different? And so <laughs> it's so much crap. It's bananas. But like I decided, cause there's, you know, blogging is not new anymore. It's, it's very common. It's, I mean, there's so many free blogs. Yeah. And so I was like, <clears throat> yeah. what if I tie in other things that I love, you know, together? Like what if I relate somehow the outfit to what I bake which is kind of like kitschy and fun and mm-hmm. different and that way I'm I'm showing like I'm able to do more than one thing that I love but also it makes my blog a little bit different and that way also on a, like a selfish level I can pull in readers that 
want fashion blogs and pull in readers that want baking. Yeah. Because it brings both those together and like whether people are into the theme or not, whatever, they can skip through the recipe and look at the outfit or they cannot pay attention to the outfit and just get the recipe, you know. So it was kind of something that was just like, I should make this is how I'm gonna make it different. Yeah. That was kind of like what I decided. I was so excited to do this little like meetup of yes, our two projects because it was just crazy to me that we happened to, without knowing it, like yeah. start them both like the same week. Yeah. And I feel like it's done the same thing for me, like to have something to work on on my own. Right. It's been so powerful in my life the last almost year and a half. Yeah. It really gives you like some power. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be in charge of something. In your yeah. Life. And no one else gets to tell you that you get to put it out. No. And people can have opinions and it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> everyone's got one. That is true. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, everyone's got an opinion. But it's so nice to like yeah. have something that you really enjoy that still I think is in the vein of what we do, but it's different enough that it's it's a really nice haven. Do you feel like your goal with the blog has changed a lot since when you first started it to now? Um, I think so. I think my goals have become more realistic in the way that I'm like, I don't know how to get my recipes out there. Or like, it's hard to, it's hard to have goals when you don't have a lot of content mm-hmm. because the whole reason that people find your recipes and then stick to it is because they like all your content. So while I like launched my blog, I only had one entry. And now that I've got a year and a half, you know, under my belt and I have a lot of recipes still like, for me, I mean, I'm like a super baby blog for like other food bloggers, but it's become more realistic that like people find my recipes on like a lot of different sites that I submit to. And it's like becoming realistic that because I'm slowly gaining more traffic, I'm, I'm going to hope to monetize my blog in the next year. Awesome. Which I've really been like holding off um, because one of my biggest pet peeves, and I know it's how people make money, like I get it. But when you have like all these pop-ups or yeah. like, all these ads that you have to scroll past. It can get excessive. It, it really can. And I know that like a lot of people who stay at home, this is their job. Like that's how they have an income. Like I totally respect that. But I, I promised myself that I was like not going to overdo it when I do decide to take that step. And I really want to eventually work with brands um, for like sponsored posts for oh, cool. food and or products that I believe in and trust, um, which I took a workshop at the blog convention I went to a couple of months ago, uh-huh. and it was like a, it was the best thing I did for that for that whole weekend because it was about talking about how to work with brands and like what to expect and it's like you need a lot of traffic for people to like give a shit about you right right <laughs> but it um it became like. I think when I started, I'm like, this is fun. And now I'm like, oh, people enjoy this. Like, oh, this was featured on this blog. That's exciting. Oh, like Food Gawker put me on their Instagram feed and I got like 2,500 likes. And it was insane. And for like the blog, which is, you know, that's like the grossest sentence I've ever said, but like to worry about likes, but it's a way to bring it. I mean, you have to, like, I have to admit, like, blogging is social media, and it's online, and it's technology. Like, that's what it is, and that's what I've chosen to do Mm -hmm. as a creative outlet. And so it's, like, I have to care about people seeing what I do in, like, Instagram or, you know, I even post on LinkedIn, you know, like, I I post on Facebook, I post on Tumblr, you know, it's, like, Hmm. on Pinterest, you know, and it's just really, it's, like, making me realize that, these things are attainable, but it's definitely, it's persistence. But the, It's a lot of time, too. It is a lot of time. To keep up with all those things. It is. It's, I mean, I know even from, like, the minimal stuff I do for the podcast, I mean, it takes takes time. Right, and I think people underestimate that. Like, you yeah. know, like, editing, making, you know, like, the kind of work that goes into side projects like this, I don't think people totally put it together sometimes. Yeah. That, that's, like, what you're doing when you're not at work or, like, working on your career yeah you know like that's all your that's your time do you feel um have there been any moments when you're like okay this is taking away from the time I need to spend pursuing acting or like I need to put this on the back burner a little bit because I I love it but I don't want it to like become a stressful thing for myself yeah 
I, I've had a couple weeks specifically that like you can scroll through and be like, because I, I got pretty consistent with at least two posts a week. Um, and then I feel like it was only a couple months ago that I like had all these great things planned. And I don't even remember what it was like auditions or what or reading or whatever it was. And I couldn't put anything up. Like I just right. didn't have the time. And I was stressing out. I was like, but I have to fake this and I have to take the pictures, but I have to take outfit pictures, but I can't lose the light. And because that now I need natural light for like the food, I have to take it before like three o'clock. And, <laughs> like, and I was like, no, like this is not what this is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You got to remind yourself sometimes. Yeah. Like this is. And then I, I'm so, I get so tied up with like two, three posts a week, two, three posts a week. And then I look at other blogs that are super successful and there are some people that do post like four times a week, but that is their income and they're very, very successful. And their full-time job. That is their yeah. full-time job. Yeah. But then I look at other blogs who are still rising through like all the steps of becoming a bigger blog. And I mean, they, a lot of them post even less than I do. Mm-hmm. And it's just been like good content, persistence, and doing it many years that people like trust them. So I've, I've gotten really stressed and had to be like, you're not, people <laughs> aren't going to like think that you've quit because right. you didn't post anything for a week. Yeah. You know? Like it's okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Um, but it, it can get, I think because so much of what I do has to be done during daylight. Uh huh. Um, Especially now in winter, that's even harder. It is really hard, and I've had to, I've real like I've had to let go of doing pictures of steps of every single step, uh, especially because I've worked during the day a handful more than I did last year, and so like I'll get out of work and I'll head home, and it's after five, so I'm like, well, I have the evening, so I have I'm gonna bake what mm-hmm. I want to bake, but like the pictures will so I'm just gonna gonna, like take pictures tomorrow morning with the result and hopefully people won't get mad about it that they don't like know what the steps look like then you have to keep yourself from eating it until the next day how do you do that (laughs) this is in the fridge like please you can have it tomorrow but like I gotta take pictures but it's so good right out of the oven piece missing I'm like I had to take pictures guys I'm sorry it's not like totally complete but it's I had to take pictures and like I had to like style it or whatever yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it's weird how I'm like okay daylight I have to like do this during daylight yeah or it looks bad. <laughs> can I ask because you did you move to New York straight after undergrad just about yeah just about yeah I, I saved money in Dallas like six months or so I saved up enough that I could like move here on my own and Mm -hmm. not have to like ask my parents or that I felt like I could not work for a month or two and be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm wondering, cause a a lot of the folks I have on went uh, to grad school after undergrad just cause that happens to be what I did. So I know a lot of people who did it too. Um, but I'm wondering, it would be helpful for people to know kind of like what your transition was coming to the city straight after out of undergrad and like what resources you've found really helpful to kind of build your community in the city. I mean, I'm sure you have some friends here from undergrad as well, but, um, kind of, to kind of make that structure for yourself moving here. It was really weird because I, I look back as like, I'm getting closer and closer to 10 years here mm-hmm. because I promised myself that I would give myself 10 way back when I was like, if you're not <laughs> acting consistently in 10 years, you should quit. Um, because that's actually what we said. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Guys, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. Marathon. Um, there was something said to us in, in a class called business professional aspects. And I mean, our teacher was, I think very successful in his heyday um, but he was older, and I mean, he legit, t- he said, like, within, I, I really sh- almost bothered him. He was like, if you're not, if you're still making money waiting tables, like, five months after moving to New York. Yeah, no, it was what? something crazy, like, under a year. He's like, you're not an actor anymore. You're a waitress. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, once I Sorry, I'm moving here, my leg. Let's oh, sleep. <laughs> okay, good. It was, like, one of those things that. It was terrifying to hear that. But, yeah. And then you move here and realize... That's not reality. No. And my program, while it was really great while I was there, I know has even gotten better and stronger since I've left. 
which I think is great because I think it's grad school isn't for everyone. Um, I think it is an amazing thing that I've been very interested in the past and I didn't go and it was just like I think it's important to know that you can still go through you can still find great resources here without it and it's been really hard honestly finding those resources because we've I had to find them on my own Right. Um, there was only a handful of us that went to New York after we graduated. A lot of people went to LA, a good amount went to Chicago, and we were kind of thrown out there without being given any resources of like how to do it if you're not going to grad school. Right. And so I I think that like I've been really lucky that I, I took classes um, at primary stages. I still take classes there. Okay. And then, um, that has been a really big way that I have gotten... I've met a great community of artists. I've worked with a lot of great community of artists. Um, I'll, I've, I work there. I've taken class enough that like they know me, that if they have a reading and they like have a part that makes sense for me, they'll just te- they'll email me. And they're just like, are you free this night? We would love for you to do this new piece, blah, blah, blah. And so I've been very lucky that they've pulled me in. And that's, if you find a studio you trust, I think that's a really great way after Mm -hmm. coming out of undergrad. I think it's, I I have to say, like, if you find a good, if you are like a server and you find a good restaurant with people who are actively still trying to audition, it can be a really great resource. That's actually how I met a very close friend of mine, Amelia. I met her through working at Landmark. That's right. I didn't meet her through Evansville people. It's Evansville people that kind of eventually came to me through her. And, like, her, and then there was a handful of other people that worked there at the time, way back when, that, like, were still... They weren't, like, people who said they were actors. They were people who were auditioning constantly and trying to, like, take classes and all that kind of stuff. And that... Well, I think I definitely should have hustled a little harder when I first moved here. I definitely started to find the community of people through that restaurant, which has, mm-hmm. like, led me to these people, which has led me to these people, and, like, that's so important. I also came here thinking I was going to do musical theater, which, like, oh. totally changed. <laughs> I mean, you still do music, though. Kind of, yeah, but, like... But I, not, like, musicals. No, because, like, I was a classically trained soprano in high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, no one knows that. <laughs> Like, like opera? Yeah. Oh I my gosh. I was trained by an opera singer. Wow. Um, and so I was like the soprano, because I went to performing arts high school, and like okay. I was the soprano of the program. And it was like really fun, and like I thought I loved it. I loved singing so much. And then I ended up getting into a straight acting school, which kind of like was not part of the plan. And then I went there, but I still like studied. Sometimes I would take voice lessons with... Um, the director of the opera program there mm-hmm. and I would like kind of keep it up but it's hard you know like when you're studying something different right and you're doing like Shakespeare and Chekhov and you're like oh I'm also gonna try and fit it an hour lesson like it was crazy um and then I came here and I kind of felt lost because I studied these things but I loved this other thing and so I would audition for musicals for a while but I'm not a dancer right which if you're not a character actor can be very detrimental as an ingenue Right. And so... And a lot of, like, to kind of work your way up, like, the ensemble and everything, like, you gotta have the dance. So, I think, like, while I I look back, I'm like, I wish I would have hustled right out of undergrad a little harder, because I look at people that I work at a restaurant with that are, like, six years younger than me, doing the things I'm actually doing now, or did, like, two years ago, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're ahead of me. But I didn't... I didn't know. I was figuring it out. Like, I didn't have older people at the restaurant being like, you should do one-on-one. You should do this. You mm-hmm. should, like... I had. A, I found all of it on my own. And so... And because of that, I've had, like, created relationships and, you know... Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And so anyways, yeah. So, like, the whole musical thing, I did it for a while. Or I tried to. And it was just, like... It's just... I kind of fell out of love for it out of love with it and so that was a huge like change of direction of being like okay I think I'm gonna focus more on like straight acting so what is that and where do I what do I do and where do I go and how do I know people and I think it was also hard because like I came out of undergrad non-equity 
uh-huh. and I'm still not equity. I'm EMC, uh-huh. and it's like trying to figure out how to break through that barrier when you didn't go to grad school and you didn't do a theater work store. That's I, how Frankie got his yeah. equity card. I mean, I know so many people who have, yeah. and like, I honestly every Christmas they audition, and I'm probably gonna go if they do it again. Charlotte's Web isn't a musical, and I'm probably gonna try and go in for them. Yeah. Because I'm just like at this point, I'm like uh, whatever. Like get, I'm willing. Like now. that. That's a hump that you're like. It's I a, just want to pass that. Time. Yeah. Like yeah. I've had casting directors say that to my face, and not in a mean way, just being like, I don't know what to do with you because you're not equity, so I can't bring you in. And yeah, I don't know what the rules are about like. Because yeah, you can get your, like, I got mine through having an understudy job. Like, oh, really? I got it. I don't know how that works technically with the contracts and stuff. Like, yeah. For them to kind of hire you so you can get your card, or I don't right. know. But that does happen, but there's, you know, I don't think there's as many theaters right. that do it as I wish there were. Yeah. And so it's like, and after I had that talk with that casting director, like, this earlier this year, I started researching companies that do that. And I also, I've been trying to look at regional theaters that are like a little smaller, mm-hmm. but definitely like bring people in and, you know, you don't have to be equity. Like they'll still see you or so, like accept video submissions. Right. If, even if well, because some of those theaters only have a certain number of equity contracts, so they right. want non-equity actors as well. So I'm hoping that like maybe somewhere down the line if I get in something and I brought, I'm brought in and it's non-equity, I'm like, can you make me equity like the last two weeks of the show? That would be great. Yeah. You know, and like have a negotiation with that. I don't know. That's kind of like the dream. But. Yeah. But that's on the forefront of your mind right now. Yeah. It's, it's just, that's been a really, really hard thing to deal with yeah. recently just because I've had a lot of almost this year and a lot of really positive yeah. things almost happen. But at the same time, like it's really frustrating to show up to an EPA and then be like, I don't get in, you know, like oh, this is gonna be my whole day waiting my around. Whole day. I only go to things that I'm super right for, or I go on auditionupdate.com and like look to see how busy it is. Because if it's super packed, I'm like, no, nah, no, thank you. But it's it's also the kind of thing that like I submit every day. For Good for you. Auditions. I'm like really vigilant about it, and so when I get really frustrated because I look on playable.com all the time, and there's things that's like self-submissions because there's that equity rule now where they'll take like five actors right. who are self-submitted but they have to be equity and mm. they'll consider seeing them for roles and so they'll take five actors that are not represented and they'll see them for roles in the show and it's like sometimes if I'm super right or like I kind of have an in I'll like still submit myself but for the most part that same cast director was like he's like I will be fined if I bring you in hmm. he's like I'm not allowed He's like, that, those spots are so precious right. and reserved, obviously, for unrepresented equity actors, which, totally fair. You know, those people should get seen and, you know, not have to fight 200 people during an eight-hour long day at an EPA. Like, it's, it's hard. But at the same time, I'm just like, well, then how am I supposed to see you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What are your favorite, what do you, what's your go-to submission Playbill, backstage. Um, Playbill and Actors Access, actually. Actors Access. Yeah, I get a lot of response from Actors Access, which has been great. And I've had, I mean, like a lot of non-union stuff, which uh-huh. is super, which is nice. I mean, it's like, I, I'll, if I love it, I'll do it. I don't, you know, if you don't pay me or whatever. But it's just like, I still, I want the people, I want the next tier people to tell me if I'm good or not. <laughs> you know, like, I want, I'm ready for the casting directors that I know by name that I see casting the regionals, the off-Broadway, you know, Playwrights Horizons, you know, like, stuff like that. I want them to see me, and I want them to see me without me paying $30 for five minutes with them. I know, that is so (laughs) painful. I've done some of the one-on-one stuff, too, and it's just like... It's paying for an audition. It's paying for an audition to get in front of And that's really frustrating. Especially because there's a time limit. Like, if you talk too long, mm-hmm. they just knock on the door and they're like, you're done now. Yeah. You're like, doesn't matter if you hit it off with this person. You don't get to talk to them anymore. Yeah. But I also, like, I've usually done the handful of times I've done it. It's like the little one-on-one meetings because, all, like, the classes mm-hmm. are good, but then there's 30 people in there and you never get to talk to them 
And it's like, I okay, well, at least yeah. I'll get to be in there alone with them and just they can see me as a human being for yeah. a moment, yeah. which is good. But it, it is. It's, like, it's very frustrating. But that's the other thing. I was on, like, I've been kind of, like, clawing my way through those this year to mm-hmm. be, like, I need an agent. So at least if I'm EMC slash on equity or whatever, like, they can get me into Right. Room. There's someone fighting for you. Yes, exactly. And so... And can probably help you figure out the different routes to getting to be like, your equity is, card. This theater's going to have auditions soon. Like, let's try and get you in because they make people equity. Or this, yeah, right. like, someone to talk to that I can, like, bounce idea, ideas off of that'll make sense. You know, like, right. they'll have more knowledge than I will on the subject so they can help me, you know? Yeah. And it, that... Like you said, it's just... It gets really depressing. <laughs> That, that's a dark spot. That's a dark spot. Where you're just like, I'm like, I oh, you really that. like me. Okay, like that's that's the end. That's good, but that's so nice. <laughs> that is so so nice. So I've just been trying to figure that out. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that you've done some producing as well. Can yes. you tell me about that? Sure. Um, I have produced a reading series. Um, called that thing mm-hmm. and with two uh two friends that I met through primary stages actually we were in an acting class together like, almost four years ago I think it's crazy and um we it started because I had written a 10-minute play and I was like I really want to hear this out loud but like you can't do a reading for just a 10-minute play because that's crazy so I was <laughs> like what if we got a bunch of them um and so the three of us kind of like shot the idea around and talked about it and we were like, okay, what do we do? And then, like, we ended up through a friend um, talking to Characters Bar on 54th, right across from Studio 54, and they have this amazing private backspace, mm-hmm. and they're so wonderful. Uh, Linda, the woman who owns the place, is, like, the best. And we were talking to her, and she's like, okay, you know, this is how much it costs to, you know, rent the space, and da 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 And we're like, thank you so much. Like, we're not even a real theater company. Like, we're just three artists who want to do a night of readings. And she was like, And we were like, what? I'm except sure they'd still still make money from the bar. Oh yeah, that's why I want to be like all of my friends are alcoholics. Fine. (laughs) They will each buy three beers. It's gonna be good. Everyone's gonna buy all the booze. Like it's gonna be (laughs) good. And we also always agree to do it on Monday nights because theater is dark, so it is a slower evening for them. Right. So they they have a bar in the back space. They'll put a bartender back there for us, and then they let us arrange the tables however we want. We make the evening about hour, hour and 15 minutes long, and it's super low-key, really casual. You know, we basically assign, we, like, we'll choose the plays we want through submissions of friends or friends of friends, and then, like, we'll all meet for coffee one day and be like, all right, this play. Anybody have a friend that would fit this role really well? And then as soon as we do that, we'll, we'll send out emails to everyone and then start getting confirmations and then start replacing people if people can't or people aren't available. And then we send a, like a, a group email to be like, this is your group. Um, you're all CC'd on it. So set up one or two rehearsals. It's a 10 minute play. If you rehearse more than twice, you're crazy. And, <laughs> and it's also a reading. So like you don't even have to be off book and we'll see you on the state and make sure you're there by seven and check in with us. Thank you so much. Can't wait. You know, and like, it's been really fun to get people. Cause I don't think there's a lot of forums for short plays. Yeah. Like new short, like, I mean, you know, we have friends that do, you know, like shots and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. Rhino, I think there's like great short play festivals, but I mean like to just hear, have a reading, something new that you're like, I threw this together and yeah, is it good? Like, what's it sound like out loud? Have you done a lot of writing? Um, I haven't, I, I wrote a lot more in the past than I do recently. I kind of miss it. I wrote this play when I was at Williamstown that they asked that they produced. Oh, cool. Yeah. They did like, a, it was like a 10, 15 minute play or whatever. And they had an evening of short plays and they were like, we want to do this one. I was like, cool. So that was super fun. And then the play I wrote, uh, it was called Castle Woes that we produced that I actually ended up doing an actual production of. Um, like a year later. Nice. It was about the break room at the Disney Princess at Magic Kingdom. Yes, I've heard about this. Yes. I have not seen it, obviously, but... Yeah, it was... Um, at the actresses... Oh my god, it was so magical. Like, <laughs> it's such a good idea. It's so crazy. Well, my sister used to be Snow White, so right. a lot of the things she would say sounded unreal like the way that other people talked or the way that you know she interact with people or other princesses and so I kind of like took some things real and I exaggerated some other things and I wrote it 
short play about it, which I really want to extend. You should. I really want to. I've been thinking about it really hard. Um, and then I wanted, I wanted to do like a middle act of like the princes. And so it's like them awesome. talking about things that the girls are talking about. They don't even know because they're in a different break room. Right. Or like the relationships going on. Yeah. I have this dream that like it, the whole play ends with like the AM princesses meeting the PM princesses and like having like a... <laughs> Two Cinderella's yeah. against each other. And they're like staring each other down and being like, I love that. Good luck. I love your it. Majesty, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like, I think a while ago that was an outlet of like being able to create and write. But I do miss writing. I don't really. Well, now you write on the blog, but. Yeah, exactly. Not, yeah, not in play form. Not in play form. I have some plays that are like hanging out on my documents folder, but. How often do you guys do the, the short play readings? You know, I gotta say, it's normally like, who has time? You know, like, we're just like, do you have time in the next, like, two months to put this together? And we've tried to do it, like, two to three times a year. Okay. Um, we kind of dropped the ball this fall. We were, like, really all about it. And then all of our lives got really crazy. And we just couldn't get it together. But there's something about not being a theater company that feels really, like, free about it. Yeah. And the way that because... It's not like, pressure. Yeah, and we, like, don't charge. Like, it's free. Like, we don't charge. And people are like, why don't you ask for donations? And we're like, why? That's unfair. You know, we're like... I mean, I guess we could distribute it to actors, but it, we do five short plays. We, everyone would get, like, a dollar. You know? Like, <laughs> we just do this because it's exciting to, like, produce new work. And it gives... It gives people... Sometimes we would find friends that we knew hadn't worked in a while. It was a great way for us to like be like do you want to do a reading because I know what that feels like yeah just just to be in a room with people and... yeah just to like collaborate and like meet and we also because the three of us met in an acting class we have totally different friend circles right so like I would pull an actor and my other friend Alice would pull the director and then my friend Molly would have another actor friend and like they would meet each other and they didn't know each other and they would all be like this person's so great and this person's so great yeah that's like, great you're like cross-pollinating yeah and it was like exciting to bring all these circles together and have have these artists to be like oh my gosh there's so many talented people I don't know and it would and then like watching it all happen and see like seeing like these people like crush these 10 minute plays that would just be it was it was it's a really wonderful experience to watch to to like and also to like sit back with like a gin and tonic and be like <laughs> all my work is done yeah know? and that was it's kind but, of but but to know that you you, yeah, you stirred the pot yeah together and all these yeah. people are like doing so great together and, and you're like that's so really great you guys met yeah yeah that's nice. That's nice can I ask ab- about your family and kind of how they yeah. take in your life as an artist yeah um my dad is a musician so I mean not full-time anymore but like he was in like wedding bands and stuff for mm-hmm. years. Like I remember when I was a kid, he was in wedding bands when we lived in Ohio, and then he was in a band for a while when we moved to Florida. And so he's an amazing guitar player. Like he is, like because Phil plays guitar, and like when he's brought his guitar to my house when we visited in Florida, and like they'll like mess around together on the couch. It's pretty amazing. That's and, pretty cute. <laughs> and then, and then, like later on, I'm like your dad's like really good. <laughs> He's got some years on you. (laughs) I was like, I hope he is. He's been playing since he was like 15. Um, That's awesome. And then, um, and you know, my parents kind of like always supported the artistic thing, even though neither of them pursued it as like a career in life. Um, I think it weirded them out that I went into theater at Hmm. first because like I was, I don't want to toot my horn, but a pretty killer clarinet player. And so there was this performing arts high school that had a bunch of different divisions and I auditioned for theater and band and I got into both. So I had to choose. And you were a singer. And I was, yeah. So yeah. Well, I didn't really get into singing until after I got into theater. Oh, Like I got into theater, the program, and then I ended up choosing theater over band. And then I started to take singing lessons and then I realized I was like, oh, I really love this. So that kind of came out of like getting into that program. Um, So my, when my parents were like, you want to audition? theater program and I, I had seen like a production of Phantom of the Opera when I was in middle school and I was like I want to do that forever yeah and so they were like super weirded out and they're like okay I mean like they've always been like okay you know like if that's what you want 
go for it. And so I, when I got in, they're like, okay. And then when I started singing, they were like, oh shit. <laughs> Cause it was something that like, I didn't expect to love or to excel at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my youngest sister is a PA in film and television. Okay. And so she ended up actually taking, you know, a different creative route, but still being in the creative world. Um, and then my middle sister, who was Snow White, she actually went to school for uh, computer animation. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. So she, we've all kind of like taken artistic routes. And it's, it's weird how that's happened, even though like, it's not like our parents didn't show us the arts, but they were never like, you should be an artist or you should be an actor. Like they weren't, this wasn't something I did like as since I was really little, right. you know, like I, but they were supportive, yeah. which is great. Yeah, they were. And I mean, it's like when I got into SMU, it was like early admission stuff and they were like, awesome, you know? And then like I, when I moved to New York, you know, it's just like, I think they definitely try to understand what this life is like because I mean, I know my parents are just like, you just work a lot. And I was like, I know <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's just like, I'll be like, I did this thing. And I was like, are you getting paid? And I'm like, no. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's hard to it's explain. Hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard to explain to be like, Oh, just because I'm not getting paid on this project doesn't mean I, I, aren't, I didn't meet great people. It doesn't mean someone who saw me doing that isn't going to pull me in for another project mm-hmm. or that somehow is going to come into play three years down the line. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. So I honestly don't, I don't tell my mom if I have callbacks anymore because she gets really excited. Yeah. And it's like, I get No, it. Frankie and I have learned that too. It's hard because they almost, and then, you know, like two weeks later, they'll be like, did you hear from them? And I was like, oh, no, I, I would have told you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, maybe still. And I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And you know, it's, it's the kind of thing. It's like, oh, if I would have heard the next day, I would have maybe, but I was yeah. like, it's been weeks. I definitely didn't get that job. And they're, you know, they're always excited when something happens, but. I think it's also like them trying to wrap their head about like why why this industry is so weird and yeah. so unpaid. It's really hard to communicate with parents about that because they just want the, what's best for you. Right. Oh, and yeah. they just are trying to show their love, but sometimes it, it can come out in a way where you're like, like I, this isn't helpful. <laughs> you think about it, you're like, oh, I didn't get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I just balanced it out with my day job, you know, and you're just like, but I was fine. I was crazy couple weeks, but it's like, I think there's something about artists who have day jobs that like, you don't even, you have two full-time jobs and like, Mm -hmm. that's, you just expect that, you know, I don't know. I mean, unless you get some like baller gig. You gotta have that stamina. It really is two full-time jobs. Yeah. It's just crazy. How has it been for you and Phil to be like, you're married to another artist? How is that? It's awesome. How do you guys work it out? It's the best. Because I remember like when I was dating in New York. I'm going to look up his episode number so I can tell oh, you yeah. all. <laughs> he, um, he, I was like so determined to not date an artist or date an actor specifically. Mm-hmm. I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't think we'd be, I just want to deal with someone different. And then I kind of found, I've, but I've always been drawn to musicians sure that's like some type of like therapist dream of like talking about how my dad's musician was I'm sure that's like, <laughs> but you're a musical too yeah so. that's true and, uh, but um, I do love Phil, Phil was on episode 24 you guys should listen to it so long ago at this point. <laughs> um, and so I just didn't I didn't want to date an actor because I wanted someone different but then I was still always drawn specifically to musicians um, and then I didn't want to date Phil because I wasn't interested in dating uh, at the time. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm living my life. I'm yeah. Like, what are, I was like 26 or something like that, you know, in New York City. I'm like, mid-20, I'm going to go for it. Um, <laughs> and then we did go on a date, and I was like, oh, crap, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Uh-huh. And it was, um, but it was, it's been great because we, uh, we are very, very supportive of each other, and it's, it is the same kind of fight. Like, just when I think it's hard to get paid as an actor, like, then you look into the music world and it is depressing. Like, no one gets paid in music anymore. And 
because of streaming. And yeah. Because of because of Spotify, thing. because of Apple Music. I mean, it's like because no one buys CDs anymore. Because you know, like that's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, musicians getting paid is like laughable, and so Phil and I talk a lot about is it worth it? Do we love it enough that it's worth it? Mm-hmm. Because we both know there's a good chance that we will never make a sustainable income off what we love to do. Right. And that ha- we have a lot of like come to Jesus moments that on the couch with a bourbon mm-hmm. being like, you know, Phil's in the process of recording his album and it sounds so good. And it's like every time he's in the studio, he, his light, he like just lights up and he comes home and he like is so happy and you can tell he just, him and his producer and the guys he plays with, like, they all just love making this art and making Phil's music and playing it and making it the best it can be. And it's, like, so amazing. But at the same time, it's just, like, so we're going to have this album and, like, hopefully get to, you know, have market it and get people interested and all these things. But, like, thinking that we're going to make anything back on it is hilarious, you know? And so we, you know, it's like Phil and I are just are constantly talk about is what we love yeah. worth it? Because, like, he's creating, he's, I mean, I know I'm biased, but, like, I think he's one of the best lyricists oh, he's I've ever a, He's heard. amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, his songs are, like, poems. They're, like, they're incredible. And I don't think he quite understands how good of a lyricist he is, which keeps him humble. It's good. <laughs> um, but it's, it is crazy that he can be so talented and no one knows him. You know, I mean, like, our friends know him. And when he opened for our other friend's band in Petaluma, they loved him. Strangers loved him. No one knows who he is, you know? Right. It's like, is that okay enough to keep doing it? That, like, you're not getting paid. And most strangers who you want to love you because you want to touch them with your art, because you want to bring your art into strangers' lives, because that's so much of why we do what we do is to tell stories. And you want to bring joy to people or make them think depending on you know what your project is but mm-hmm. like is that enough when you know you're still gonna have to sit in a cubicle or sling steaks for eight hours because right. that's the way I have to pay my rent you know but at least you're wrestling with these things yeah together we, we do and it is it's great to be able to like bounce off ideas or vents, you know, venting or like happiness or sadness off of him and him get it. Yeah. And you know, it's vice versa of him being like, what's going on and this and that and the other and like us being able to talk about it. So having an artist as a husband has actually been amazing because we're, we're, you mean like with you and Frankie, like you're in it together. Yeah. You're a team. Yeah, you are. You're a team and it is a really, really good place to come home to. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think in a lot of ways, like when I'll come off like a night shift working and I get home at like, you know, midnight or one in the morning and if he's still up, it's just like nice to be able to sit there and be like, you know, you know what this is because you did these eight hours except you did them from like eight to six or whatever, you know, and you still came home and you're like, so it's been good. Now I want to work on something that I actually care about. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's, and and we get that. Like, sometimes he'll be in the stu- We have, like, our second bedroom in the studio. Like, he'll be working on something, and I'll just... He'll be like, you should... Why don't you come in here and work on the blog? Like, I'll just... Like, <laughs> so we're, like, in the same room together. Aww. And so we'll, I'll just, like, sit on the couch and, and work on things or, like, look over stuff or edit photos or whatever. And, like, and, listen to what he's doing. Yeah, and just, like... That's so nice. ...be in the room So because we just are trying to figure it out together figure out what the next steps are going to be and and like what are we doing but we can always be like what are we doing together yeah (laughs) yeah it really helps it helps me I wanted to ask you if there was something that you were really proud of in the last like Mm -hmm. couple years like a lesson you've learned or something that you want to tell me about I've learned that I and this is kind of negates everything that I've said in the past like, 45 minutes or whatever, but <laughs> I did learn that I have become a stronger actor through life, and I actually feel like I wouldn't have made the impressions I have in the past even just year and a half, two years, 
seven years ago because I was a very different person. Yeah. And I didn't quite know who I was. And I didn't quite know, especially now, like with contemporary plays and stuff like that. It's just, it's about like being so present and telling story and being in the moment of like very naturalistic talking. And I find that I have become a much stronger actor because of life. And while I think I was like okay in college-ish and I was like okay when I first moved here, I do feel better about the work I put out because I look at it a little differently and I'm able to draw on things a little differently because of things that have just happened in the past nine years here. Yeah. Or before that, but you know, like I just tell myself that I'm like, okay, you didn't hustle as hard as you should have when you were 24 or 25, but like even if you would have, you're totally different person now than you were when you first moved here and the way that you give an audition or even deal with people like I just I have no shame on actors access I think I told you this earlier did I, I don't know if I did where I'm like if I you know in like actors access you can like put a note um, oh yeah you had mentioned this like, before yeah like we're looking for something like pretty but approachable quirky but not too crazy and I'll, I'll, <laughs> and I'll just type in and I'll be like I'm quirky and hilarious to me. like I have I don't I'm sure like seven years ago I've been like well what do I say that like makes an impression but like I don't want to be too obnoxious you know like, I'm I have no got that confidence yeah I'm like if you're gonna write a breakdown that's like you can you have to be pretty but like not too pretty like let's not push it. you know like, you need to have a sense of humor about it yeah I'm just like if you're gonna make that what you're requiring like I'm gonna treat it the same way and I'm just like gonna throw it right back at you and be like I'm soups quirky you know like I do I do that all the time and a lot of times I get responses you know like that's so funny I I just feel like the more I'm myself mm-hmm. and the more I f- have found who what that is the better life slash acting has gone for me because I'm just bringing more realness to it yeah I mean and that's just a good feeling in life too to be like oh I'm f- I enjoy where I'm at I don't wish I was 21 yeah oh, I really don't because I've grown <laughs> I've grown as a person and I'm happy with where I am yeah I feel that way too and it's just yeah it's nice to like see where you've come and and think about who you used to be and like I look at you know because like Facebook does that amazing like seven years ago thing. <laughs> and I'm like bro so I've been on Facebook way too long and also I see pictures of like when I first moved here like the memories and stuff and I'm like I mean that was fun and I had a great time and I've met some amazing people that I'm still pro- friends with but like I don't want to be that person again mm-hmm. at all like not even a little bit I've taken so many experiences from that and I've had so much fun but all of those things have like really brought me in to the actor that I am now and I'm much more happy with that yeah and knowing that like I mean do I wish I was getting paid to act and that I was like got a ton of gigs when I was younger and like just moved here of course like duh who doesn't but also I look and I'm like I just wasn't I just wasn't secure in who I was to put out the work I wanted Hmm. or the work I'm putting out now would never have existed right that long ago when you are feeling like you're in the dark place, are there any like concrete things that you reach for again and again, like a book or um, music or something you do? I definitely put on a record. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a couple Joni Mitchell records that mm. actually like I'll put on if I'm home during the day by myself. Um, which you know, when you're alone with your thoughts, it gets real serious. <laughs> So I, I definitely like listening to music, but like listening to an album all the way through mm. is such a lost art and lost I don't, activity, I guess, these yeah. days. And sometimes it's really nice to just like listen to that. Um, i trying to think. I, I mean, I do love reading in general. I'm in this, I got, I got to get a new book. I was like reading a whole bunch and then I like haven't had a chance to go buy a new book and I mm-hmm. like owning books so I have to go get one but that's something that if, if things get hard like I'll just I like to read escape into another world yeah I just go somewhere else and yeah so that's like that's nice <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's it I mean okay I don't know I also I have to be honest like a lot of times I like silence um like if I'm if it's been a bad day, 
completely opposite of listening to music. Sometimes I just like it being quiet in my apartment, especially because I work in a really busy restaurant that's very loud and I have to shout over people all the time and it's like, it's just screaming all the time. And so, you know, when your job is just to talk to people and be like quote unquote on yeah. for so many hours and then like the kitchen needs runners and you gotta bust this and they're screaming at this, like to come home, sometimes when it's been like a rough day or I'm just like, why am I just serving food? I just like, I will sit on the couch and it, I will just have nothing on and I will just sit there and it's really nice to have silence. <laughs> like that's, that and it's, and it sounds it's, wonderful. It is wonderful. It's a very like, it's a very safe place. It's just like, I can just sit here on my couch and I don't have to talk to anybody Yeah. or pretend like I care <laughs> <laughs> about anything. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, have you seen anything lately that you want to recommend, like a show or friends shows or whatever? Um, well, I did see Jungle Fawn, yeah. You did. So she oh came to see the show. If you have not seen the show, like, what are you doing? Like, consider your life, consider your choices, like, go see Jungle Fawn. Yeah. Okay, here's your 20 bucks. Yeah, right? <laughs> Thank no, you for it, the shout out. Because it was like, I saw it the first time and it was so yeah. exciting to see it in another venue and just re-see it again. Like, I, it's so exciting to see your friends in great shows. Like, that's awesome. So Drunk Avani was great. Um, I also, if anybody has never seen a um, 50 Second Street Project show, yes, my friend Michael Propster does them all the time. And it, like, I have to be honest, like, I don't love kids. Um, <laughs> like, that. if you know me, then you know that it's super true. Um, I'm not a huge fan of kids. I love my friend's kids. I love kids that, like, don't suck, you know. But, like, <laughs> but um, watching the 50 Second Street Project is one of the most heartwarming, enjoyable, entertaining things I've ever seen. And, like, they're free. Mm-hmm. So you can't even be like, I can't afford to go see that show. Um, like, I would highly recommend going to their website and getting on their email list because it varies from, like, children writing. Um, the one I saw recently, my friend Michael, was it was only adult actors, but children that were 9 or 10 wrote these plays. Right. And kids, there's no subtext. There's no, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's the, the like stream of consciousness, the way they write is amazing to watch these talented actors perform and yeah. conv- convincingly, you know, and like, it is always fun to go see that. Um, it's a great organization. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And like, every time I go, I've seen him in almost all, everyone he's done. And every time I go, I'm like, it's just so, like, you leave with just, like, you're, a smile on your face. You yeah. can't not, you know? Yeah. So I always, I definitely recommend that. Um, yeah, I think those are, like, the things I've seen recently. I've seen, I saw a friend's, like, solo show, which was really good, because I think so, so, solo performance is, like, the most terrifying thing for an actor ever. Yeah, My very intimidating. crushed it. I think she might have actually won, like, Best Performer or something insane like that. Like, she's Oh, what's her really name? Good. Her name's Leva Vanberg. Okay. Um... She's hilarious. We were at Williamstown together, and she, her solo show, if she ever does it again, go see it. It's called Shice Book, which means shit book. Uh, <laughs> she has, is like, her reading material in the toilet. Um, and it was so clever, and, like, I just feel like solo shows can feel, like, weird, or, like, they go on forever, and Leave a Show was neither of those things. Um, it was hilarious and very honest and really lovely. And so I'm just like, oh, thank you for proving me wrong about my thoughts about that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. This was really, really fun. Thank you. And can I also really quickly say, like, Lee and I bake together um, yes. as a cross, like, cross production promotion amazingness <laughs> of our side project. It was so, so much fun. You'll see what we made on the blog when this airs. I will be putting it up. Um, it was delicious. You should all make it. Really fun. Fairies and, Yay, uh, side projects. Side, side projects. <laughs> so, yeah, so I say that like this. This is an amazing like two way street that Thank you, Ashley. podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. 
The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brendan Spieth, audio assistance from Nick Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.